This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this July 25th edition of Invest Talk. And it is hump day, Wednesday. I'm Steve Peasley. And I'm here behind this Invest Talk microphone doing this program four days a week, Tuesday through Friday. And as most of you know, Justin Klein hosts Invest Talk on Mondays. So, why does our firm, KPP Financial, produce this program? Why do I invest a good deal of my time on this show? Well, I, for one, I really enjoy answering questions and helping people. You know, the challenge of trying to understand the market and grow your money it's it's difficult it's difficult it's time consuming and a lot of people have interest in doing it and they need help and that's why i do the show one of the reasons and of course hosting the best talk radio program provides kpp financial with an efficient platform to connect with you the listeners and clients and of course you know that's part of our marketing effort and of course when we talk about connect our phone lines are always open I encourage you to call with your financial investing questions. Numbers 888-99-CHART never changes. So what's happening in the market today? I'm going to get to that within the first 15 minutes of the show, as you know. I also want to tell you about the good news, bad news story in today's job market. It's not all good news for everybody. The national unemployment rate in May was 3.8%, lowest since 2000, 18 years. Lois, it's been. While it's good for job seekers, that's very good news for them, it can also make things more difficult. And I want to explain that coming up. But first, let's stay with tradition and go to one of our questions. This call came in earlier on our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Clint from Alabama. Uh, my question is uh, wrapped around 401Ks. The company I work for offers a 4% match, which I'm used to uh, having an employee match. My question comes into play because we have profit sharing that gets rolled into our 401k. Now, I know that there's uh, an 18000 or so cap that you can put in your 401k, but does that contribute or does that number look at your employee's contribution as well as your individual contribution, or does the employer's contribution separate and I say that because every year they put in about 20%, 15 to 20% of my total salary rolled into my 401k. Thank you, and I'll listen on the show for your answer. It's separate. Uh, 18500 what you can contribute to your 401k, and they can contribute something similar, a uh, similar amount. At least I'm pretty sure about that. I'm not positive because it's not my forte. It's not what I do. You know, uh, I, I, what I do is I manage money, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. So they can, you can put 18.5 in, they can put 18.5, and that's the max. So, but they're only going to match up to 4%, you said. But then you mentioned that they might put in uh, company stock. So it depends. Uh, you need to talk to your uh, human relations department at your company or your accountant. They give you the you know, to make sure that the what you're doing is correct. But yeah, they get they can match your uh, money. They can match up to hundred percent. Okay. Thanks for the question. Appreciate it. 
Now, if you're looking for a job now, you're in luck. It's pretty easy. You know, it's a job seekers market out there. And as I said, in May, the, the national unemployment rate was 3.8%. Of course, there's more. it was more than that. We, they just stopped counting. They don't count everybody. But, it, you know, that's the number we go by. Okay, and that's very low, 18-year low. So, um, what, what, if it's good for job seekers, what's, what's bad about it? Well, it's always it's good for the job seekers. A low unemployment, unemployment rate is good news for them, right? But it can spell trouble for employers. And the competition to hire and retain best talent as they possible is getting tough. In a tight labor market like the one we're in, employees are more inclined to job hop which means that the talent retention is becoming increasingly important for employers. And remember, this hurts the economy to some degree because, you know, when you, I understand going from job to job, I do it too for more money. Heck yeah, I would do it. You know, for a better job, more money, I'd be gone. But the employers and the economy suffer a little bit because of that. And I'm not, trust me, you don't have to feel sorry for them. I'm not talking about that at all. But some things are difficult for you because it, you know, you as an employer, employee looking for a job, what this means is the employer is getting more and more careful about who they're, who they're hiring. They don't want job hoppers. So you're going to have more interviews than you probably would like because they got to make sure this is the right person and that they'll stay. They'll, the employer will probably emphasize culture more than they did in the past whether you will fit in their culture of the company, whether you're, you're compatible with the employees they already have. So they're getting more and more intensive in their interviewing and their screening. And they are also interested much more so than they had in your referrals. They're going to be checking those out. They'll check them out more carefully. Of course, they're going to check out any social media they can find on you too. They'll do that routinely these days. So it does affect you as the employee seeking a job to some degree because employers are getting more stringent on who they are hiring because they don't want job hoppers. They don't want that. They want to make sure you fit and you're content in the job they have for you. And that's why the low, low unemployment rate is not always just good news, just only good news for job seekers. Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number. So give me a call. I'd love to line you up. Uh, get ready for your questions. I would love to talk to you. So what's going to be our feature talking point today? Six common myths about estate planning. Estate planning. Should you even have an estate plan? So I'm going to go through some of those misconceptions today. You know, and it, it, it you know, it's something that you should know. It really is. And some of the other topics I have on schedule today, it won't be trade wars that disrupt our economy. Or the stock market. It won't be. Now, I wrote this down before Trump met with uh, <laughs> with the EU today. but So that's going to be another talking point. we got to talk about that, right? The trade issue between the EU and the U.S., the, the tentative agreement. Now, please remember that I told you there was nothing to worry about. This is the, 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 on this trade war, talk of trade war. I didn't think it was going to amount to much. Because we are in the driver's seat, and Trump knows how to negotiate. And he's negotiated with the EU already. Not final. We don't know exactly all the details. But think about it. Just the discussion. 
the moving forward of the discussion, the tentative agreement that they have. All that is real positive, and of course the market reacted to it later in the day. I also want to talk about the housing. Not everything is good out there. Housing, existing and new home sales. New home sales report came out today. We had the existing sales. Not everything is hunky-dory out there in the economy. So I want to talk about the first cracks we might be seeing. So the market ended up being up 172 points on the Dow, 91 points on the NASDAQ, 26 points on the S&P. And all that was after, after the announcement of the tentative agreement between the EU and the U.S. after the meeting with uh, President Trump and the EU trade guy. I don't know what much his, his title is. But, you know, I can see this building. I can't, you know, yeah, there it might be a long time before we get the other trade partners, but it's going to be negotiated. You watch. There's going to be a negotiation done. How long it will take? I don't know. Does it really matter? I mean, if it's done within a year, would that be time enough, short enough? I think so. Anyways, we'll talk about that more. Now, when you hear us talking about a certain stock or story of great interest to you, please remember to tell your friends and family members about our desktop platforms. We broadcast radio live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday on the 1220 station in the Bay Area. We stream that broadcast live so you can hear it live at investtalk.com. And, of course, the podcast replays, you can download the show anytime you want. We cut out all the commercials, so you can listen to it anytime you want. Okay, so we all, and we, of course, we always appreciate your input. So make your voice heard. Call 888-99-CHART. It's a Wednesday Invest Talk. July is mostly in the rearview mirror. Only four more trading days this month. Is your portfolio properly calibrated to your risk tolerance? If not, you aren't maximizing your investment opportunities. Let Steve Justin or InvestTalk.com help with this important objective. Check out the varied investing strategy programs offered by KPP Financial. There's one to match your risk tolerance. But now, Steve is here. He's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. How you doing, Art? Art in Menlo Park. How are you, Steve? Good. I'm good. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Yeah, Steve, I was just uh, actually calling about uh, AT&T, and I bought it uh, probably about a few weeks ago. It's dropped about uh, between 7 and 8 percent. I'm in, mm-hmm. in the uh, upper 32s. And uh, yep. my question is, um, uh, normally, uh, see, I'm, I'm looking at it long term because I, I feel like uh, AT&T has already dropped uh, quite a bit from you know, the uh, last uh, year's high. And um, yep. I'm figuring uh, it'll, it'll make a comeback, but uh, normally I usually put it in a stop uh, right around close to 10%, but with AT&T, I don't think they're going under or anything, so I just wanted to get your feedback on that. Yeah, well, they reported earnings, and earnings were kind of stagnant. They weren't terrible. They weren't great. They were stagnant. So that wasn't a very positive response 
to earning season when everybody else was beating their earning expectations. And so AT&T took it on the chin today, uh, down, what, 4% or so? Uh, that just means that their dividend yield is higher. So so now the dividend yield is 6.6% after today's fall. But if you bought it before, and by the way, we own AT&T and a couple of our managed accounts too, which we bought it not that long ago as well, because we thought it was near its low in the low 30s here. And I think it is still near its lows. I don't I don't think I'd sell it at this point. You know, the dividend is so compelling, it's going to attract buyers in. And there's nothing wrong with their earnings other than they were flat. And the only segment of the business that is growing, I think, is a segment they bought, which was, you know, the... Uh, the uh, the was it Time Warner? Is that who they bought? Yeah, uh, yeah that's the one they they bought. And, yeah, which which is the one that's growing. So I, I'm okay with. I don't like it, but I don't think I'd sell it. I don't. Art. No, oh, I, I, I think I was I would just hold not on. holding it. But I'm just wondering what your yeah. uh, thoughts are as far as like. I, the I'm drop pretty down. sure. I'm pretty sure it's going to float back up to the high 30s. Like it's been in that range for a long time. It's it's at thirty dollars and twenty five cents a day. So it broke below the recent support about thirty one. So um, we'll see. I, I will give it a few days and see what happens. See if it bounces back. Jim, Indiana. I want to talk about inflation. I'm going to have to take a break real fast. I'm Steve Peasley, and I am just hold on. You'll be up next. And I was pleased with the interest in our personalized 101 portfolio reviews that we had uh, recently, but I, it was a full day for me, and so I rescheduled another day up in, in the Bay Area, San Jose area, and for August 29th. So I'll be back in San Jose on August 29th. I'd be happy to sit down with anybody who wants to sit down with me, talk about your investments. You can register now. Register now at investtalk.com. Investtalk.com with two T's. Well, it's already Wednesday, but there's still time for you to submit your questions. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. If you haven't already subscribed to the Invest Talk podcast, please subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then be sure to listen, rate, and review. Your comments allow us to improve our Invest Talk programming. And now we're taking your financial or investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jim in Indiana. How you doing, Jim? I'm great. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Good. Hey, um, the reason I'm calling is um, I've got a a really long spreadsheet to kind of calculate what I estimate my retirement to be, you know, my retirement accounts, okay. my pension are going to be at, at the time I retire. I'm 39 now, I'm just trying to plan all those okay. things out. Um, and everything looks really good until I try and calculate inflation in. Um, okay. what it, am I thinking about that the right way that, you know, to, to average about two and a half percent inflation a year, and what does that look like by the time I reach I, that? I, I, I think that's, Jim, I think this is a little low. I think this is a little low. Okay. I think you should plug in 3%. 3%. Uh, 
why is okay. because long term, the U.S. is looking at a 3% inflation. It has been forever and ever and ever. Yes, we've had very low inflation for the last, I don't know, 10 years. But that doesn't mean... That's not our average, you know, two, two, two and a half. It's three. So I'd plug in three if I were you. And yeah, it's very important that you do plug in that inflation factor because that really affects your buying power every year. It eats into your buying power. So, yeah, that, that's got to be in your calculations, Jim. You said you've calculated two okay. and a half? Uh, Is that what you did? I, yeah, I think two and a half, but it's easy to change it to three. And then, of course, I can change how much my how much I'm throwing in every month. So, um, yeah, yeah. Use, use three. And then what you use as a withdrawal rate, what did you figure out as a withdrawal rate when you are retired and start taking money out of your assets? Well, I, I took your advice and used, I, I think it was four and a half. I'd have to look back at the spreadsheet to, to be sure, but I That's believe fine. I used four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half is the rule of thumb. Because at four and a half, you can stay ahead of inflation if you take a moderate amount of risk with some of your money. See, that's the key. You want to, okay. you know, you you want to keep your assets growing to some degree because you don't know how long you're going to live. You're going to eat into them a little, but as long as you eat into them a little, you'll be okay if you save enough. So I, I like four and a half. A lot of experts say more or less, but I think that's a good ballpark figure to work with. Jim, appreciate okay. the call. All right, thank you. Thank you, appreciate it. Thank you for the call. No problem, thank you. Okay, six myths in estate planning. Myths. Myths. And one of them. I will, I, I, I will, I will oversee, I, I can oversee the distribution of my assets uh, when uh, through a will. Uh, a will can oversee the distribution of my assets. A will. Okay. Generally, that's true. That is true. Uh, but if there's assets in uh, anybody else's names but yours, like a joint asset or a partnership asset, you might have trouble with the will because you probably need something else. You probably need... Uh, 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 something besides just a will because they a will usually only addresses things in your name alone. Okay, that's one. Once I have my assets in order, I'm all set. Well, not necessarily. You know, did you have all your beneficiaries listed? And should you have, a, you know, beneficiaries listed on your uh, retirement accounts uh, as individuals or a group of people, do you know how to do that? So just, you know, having your assets in order is not the only thing you got to think about. Should you have a trust, a living will? What about your health? You know, even though all your assets are in order, what if you become incapable, incapable of making your own decisions? So there's other reasons to, to have in your, not have it. You got to have a will and a medical power attorney. You got to have other things. And one of the myths, I'll, I'll get around to drawing a will and or a trust when I get old, older. Not really. You really need to start thinking about it when you have enough assets to make it uh, to. And this is kind of hard. Because you're going to have assets. If you have some assets, then you want to make sure they get 
no matter what age you are, they, that they get put in the place you want them to be if something happens to you. You can get hit by a car, you know. You know how many people die every year in car accidents? A lot. Um, and if I make a estate plan, I won't be able to change it. Yes, you can. You can change anything you want. As long as you're of sound mind, you can change your will. You can change your trust if you have a trust. Anytime you want. Okay, so, and there's two different kinds of trust, irrevocable and revocable. And irrevocable is much harder to change, so think about that. You, most trusts are revocable trusts. A lot of people complain the whole thing is too complicated. It's not that complicated. It really isn't. You just got to address it. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, how much tax will you owe on stocks you sell in 2018? How much tax are you going to owe? pay on the, on the stocks you sell. You have to be careful. And that's tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here to, and ready to answer your questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Our podcast continues next. The process of investing is more than just picking stocks. Investing begins with savings, of course, and along the way, there are issues about taxes and then estate planning and on and on. KPP Financial clients have a ready resource of information about any and all of these personal financial matters. All they need to do is ask. Managing your money gets more complex every day, and there are more options than the average person could possibly comprehend. And when we're confronted with too many choices, research shows that people put off decisions, important decisions. Most times, that's not productive. KPP Financial's philosophy is the more their clients know, the more successful they'll be, and the more predictable their future will be. KPP Financial, serving the average investor, helping them find solutions. Now let's continue with the podcast. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where the principal's interests are aligned with that of their clients by the KPP practice of parallel investing. This means that one or more of the firm's principals are invested in each of KPP's programs, so every client can be assured that investment decisions made on their behalf are carefully considered because KPP personal investment accounts participate at equal price and percentages. You can learn more at investtalk.com. Do you want to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Michelle from San Diego. I have a question about the stock CC, Team Core, Corporation. The fundamentals look really good, but I'm not sure. The stock has been taking quite a hit over the past week or so. I'm wondering if you could provide some insight. Thank you. Okay, sure. The Chemmore's company is symbol CC makes performance uh, chemicals including titanium dioxide, chemical solutions, and fluorocarbon products. Um, it is a $8 billion company. And the fundamentals you look at is go, hey, the fundamentals look good, so why is the stock weak? Okay, well, let's look into it. Uh, the earnings are going to be $5.89. That's the estimate for this year. From That's 50-plus percent increase from last year. And next year is going to go up another 11% to $6.53. And the stock is a $45 stock. Well, 
well, well below 10, per, 10 PE, more like 8, 7, okay, um, 7 PE. Well, the five-year range is 5 to 24. That's lower in the range. So, and it's growing its sales. Sales are actually increasing. You know, the growth is increasing. And most recent quarter, uh, we haven't got the, we haven't, the, we have March's quarter here. We don't have the, the, uh, the second quarter yet. Uh, sales grew 20%. Before that, the quarter before that was 19%. Quarter of that, 13%. Then 15%. Good sales growth. So what is the problem? The problem is debt. They are carrying huge amounts of debt. And that is, uh, is I think, weighing on the stock. That kind of debt is nerve-wracking. Okay? That means they've got to pay for that debt with cash flow and earnings. And this is not a high-margin type business. This is a low-margin type business, more of a commodity type business. So the profit margins are kind of thin. That's probably, without getting into the numbers, that, that would be my suspicion. It is at its low mark. I mean, as far as value, um, stock was up, you know, 2% today. But, you know, it it has weakened from 57 all the way down to 44, and today it's at 45.78. So, yeah, you're right. It has fallen, fallen, fallen. And that is probably the only reason I see uh, is, is the amount of debt that they're carrying. So... What kind of, why do they have that debt? That's really the answer, the question you need to answered. Why? What's the debt comprised of? Why do they get into so much debt? And don't look at the return on equity, which is really huge, because return on equities can go up with debt. So you got to really be careful about debt and return on equity when they're carrying the debt. Okay. 888-99 chart. It won't be trade wars that disrupt our economy or the stock market. And with with uh, the uh, U.S. trade agreement with the EU today, the tentative agreement, because uh, it's not done, a done deal or not. Well, obviously, my point that I was going to make before that is kind of, you know, kind of a little late, I guess. Why do I say it, though? Because... Three, there, I got four reasons why. First, trade is only a small part of our economy. Don't think it's like 12, 15% of our economy. It's not a major part of our economy. So if, if it gets hurt, it's not going to destroy the economy. Number two, it's going to be the Federal Reserve that's going to cause a problem because they've made seven hikes in interest rates since 2015. They're at what, 1.75, 2% on the Fed fund right now? And they keep promising to keep making raises to that rate, to continue it. Three, the Federal Reserve is deleveraging or selling back or getting rid of the balance sheet, trying to cut it down. Remember, was it was at $4 trillion? Now they're letting the run down. Why is that a problem? Well, you have less buyers out there in the marketplace because the Fed used to be one of them. Buyers of bonds and debt. And the fourth one is a lack of the world growth. I mean, we're kind of, yeah, we're kind of out there on our own. Yes, not saying the world is shrinking, but they're just not growing very well. Our GDP for the, the most recent quarter comes out, comes out this Friday. The estimate, the average estimate is 4.5%. 4.5%. 
Some have it uh, exceeding five, some of the experts. I don't think it will be, but that's huge. That's more than, than we've seen since the recession of 2008. We haven't seen this kind of growth. So I don't, I don't care who you give credit to or don't give credit. I don't care. I'm just talking about the facts. Facts. If we've seen this kind of growth, the rest of the world's not growing like this. We're dragging them along. They're not helping. But, so, if there's a disruption in the economy and the stock market, it's probably not going to have anything to do with the trade wars. It's talking, so on and so forth. Just not. It's going to be more of the Fed. The Fed. The Federal Reserve. As most of you know, we are happy to take your financial investing questions live each weekday here on Invest Talk during the radio program. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. But we also accept your questions around the clock, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, on the same number. So don't be afraid to call after hours. And when you call, by all means, submit your stock questions or any financial questions you have. I love financial questions, not always stock questions. But I also encourage you to put forth, you know, if you have a historical kind of question of the stock market or a process of investing as opposed to just a stock question, I'd love to hear those. Love it. So, we want to make the program available and make it a learning experience to everybody, to all the listeners. And now I'm here taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. For all the Northern California Invest Talk listeners who missed out on an opportunity to meet with Steve Peasley last week and obtain his expert guidance for superior management of their portfolios, there will be a second chance. But space is limited, so register now at investtalk.com. The date will be August 29th. Steve is returning to San Jose to offer personalized portfolio planning at no cost to you. Procrastination is not your friend. Mark the date, August 29th. Steve is coming to San Jose. Go to investtalk.com, hover over the InvestTalk link, scroll down to Portfolio Review, and follow instructions. And right now, we're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is uh, Sebastian Kahn from uh, Palm Beach. I had a question regarding Aurora Cannabis which is a stock that um, I've been looking at for quite a while. I actually invested in the company uh, at around $0.60. Cents. Then I sold out when it went to $3. Uh, shortly after that, it ran all the way up to 12 I think, and uh, came back down. I think it's hovering around 6 right now. My question is, how do you go about fundamentally analyzing a company like Aurora Cannabis, ticker symbol ACBFS, because, you know, there is not much, especially with the industry there and the marijuana industry being new um, and all these deregulations uh, going on, especially in Canada. How would I go about gauging how strong and um, uh, that company is and what their growth prospects are? Thank you so much. It's extremely difficult and almost impossible for you to be able to really analyze that company. ACBFF, FLF at the end means it's a foreign company. It's not traded on our exchange. It doesn't, we don't get any information on the company. But it is almost impossible when they have a little, and this is, would be called, would considered a penny stock at 60 cents. Now it's $3. That'd probably still be considered a penny stock. Um, I don't know what exchanges it's traded on. It's not tr traded on the U.S. exchanges. 
And even if if the growth is all about U.S. and not Canada, it's got a problem because, you know, cannabis or marijuana is still illegal federally here, no matter what the states do. From a federal point of view, it is illegal. Yes, it might be legal state by state by state, but the federal government can come in and shut it, any business down and arrest everybody for violating the federal law. So, you know, um, it, Canada might be good, but not here. So penny stocks, companies that don't make money, companies that don't have uh, gap accounting rules that are visible are impossible to evaluate. Or companies that have been around for only you know six months, a year, even two years. That's a very short period of time to give you any kind of sense of how strong the company is. So I'd stay away from it. It's just speculation stock. You speculate on it. You don't invest in it. You can speculate on it, but as long as you don't use too much money. I'm okay with as long as you don't expose too much. Okay, we had the existing housing report uh, out the other day, and now today we had the uh, new home sales report, and this is for June. New home sales were down 5.3%, and the May report was revised downward. Now, remember the existing housing report, three months in a row falling. Now, just so you know, the median price fell 4.2% year over year to $302,100. Now, year-to-date sales are higher. They're still higher, but we're just now seeing cracks. Inventory is about 5.7 months, and that's the highest since last summer. When existing housing sales, and okay, all the experts are blaming a lack of inventory and that's the problem okay and i'm not disagreeing with that i'm just saying we're starting seeing the first cracks in our economy and it's in the housing market and they're not just a lack of inventory you also have a federal reserve raising rates and that's affecting the mortgage rates slowly creeping up you also have this high you know the prices the median price is 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 up Set almost 7% from a year ago, 2017. Down for this most year, year, year to date, but still up over last year. So you got prices that are high, you have mortgage rates increasing, and people having a hard time qualifying. And that could be the re- a problem too. Now, housing for the first time, I believe, in this quarter is not going to add to our GDP. Not going to add anything. It's going to be kind of neutral. And we yet we still have GDP numbers estimated to be 4.5%. What if housing was hot like it was last year? What would our GDP be then? But it's not, and it's slowing, and we might be seeing the first cracks, and it is a big pillar of our economy, housing. So I think it's something we should watch. I think it's something that um, might be showing us the, the hint of a recession down the road. Housing might be doing that. That's why you've heard me complain about the Fed. They should probably stop raising rates for a while. And uh, this is one of the reasons. Housing issue. Uh, I just don't see why they need to keep pushing on it. Now, they're fearful of inflation. Well, inflation is at the rate they want it. So it's not like getting out of control. Not yet. Not seeing wage inflation yet, that's for sure. 
Not yet. Maybe we are going to get it. Maybe that's, they're justified in their worry, but I still would be very, very slow from this point forward. Imagine it's 2.45 a.m., everybody. Oh, boy, you are tossing and turning. You can't sleep because you have an investment question on your mind. Now, does that really happen? Well, I'm just, just saying. Just saying. So if that happens, you can call us and ask the question. Get it off your chest. The number is 888-99-CHART. Leave the question, and we'll get to it in, in, the, next, uh, in the next Invest Talk. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Alex calling from Wisconsin. I've always been attracted to the idea of REITs as a buy-and-hold investment. With interest rates rising, should I steer away from them moving forwards? Is there something I can look for specifically while researching the REITs to determine their dependency on borrowing money and the interest rate? Thanks for the answer, and I'll listen on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think you should just turn off REITs for completely. Um, for instance, you know, maybe a medical REIT, uh, you know, an office space REIT, or a, a storage REIT. That the, you know, there, there's REITs that you wouldn't want to be in. Maybe a mortgage REIT I might want to stay away from. But you know what? You have to look at the REIT and see how much debt they're carrying. The la- the le- the less debt that they have to refinance, the stronger your REIT will perform. Remember, a REIT, everybody, Real Estate Investment Trust, they have to pay 90% of their earnings on the form of a dividend to the shareholders so that the company doesn't have to pay income tax if that if they, if they pay 90%. That's what qualifies them for a REIT. And a REIT has to be involved in real estate one way or another. But you can look at different kinds of REITs and check. I think the most important thing you want to look at is debt. How much debt are they carrying? Some REITs don't have a lot of debt. They paid it down or paid it off or whatever. And then some REITs are heavily in debt and debt that they have to refinance shortly. And that's the REIT that you got to avoid. That's the one that's going to look bad. Uh, so, no, don't just dismiss them out of hand. No. I think we have one, and it's a medical REIT. Um, so consider them part of your portfolio. As a long-term hold, you got those dividends are really nice. If you're an income investor, you want to make sure you have a REIT or two in your portfolio. Our Wednesday Invest Talk is running out of time. The clock is ticking away, everybody. But we still got 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So let's talk about whatever you have on your mind in those 10 minutes. So why don't you give us a call, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, how much tax will you owe on stocks you sell in 2018? That's tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, and he's ready and waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Abish in Sunnyvale. How are you doing, Abish? Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Really enjoy our uh, show. Uh, I was trying to inquire Thank about you. Turtle Beach here. I invested at around 20. It went up and then going down. Uh, can you set some line? What should I do at this point? Well, right now it's at 26. Um, hmm, went down the last couple of days, but it's had a really great run. I mean, it was a two-dollar stock in March, and here it is, twenty-six. You can't beat that, Abish. I mean, that's a really good run. 
what is it? It's a San Diego company, California, develops audio technologies featuring headsets used in video game entertainment consoles, handheld devices. It's a very, very small company, Abby, so it's very, very high risk. Okay, uh, it's a $355 million company. Sales have exploded uh, in recent quarter, in the most recent quarter. And that's why it went from $2 to $26. And they're going to make money for the first time this year. $1.19 a share uh, is the estimate. Then next year is $1.37 for a $26 stock. And that means a 20 PE or so. Um, I think it's pretty high risk, Abish. It, do, uh, this is a speculative kind of stock. Um, you know, you might want to hold on to it, but have a pretty tight stop. Maybe a 20, let's see, what, where should you put that stop? Uh, I, uh, boy, that's a tough one because it's moved so fast. Maybe a, tw uh, maybe a 20 day moving average, which is to be about $23 or so as a stop. If it goes down three more dollars, maybe, but so you bought it at 20, is that what you said, Abish? Yes, 20. If I were you, I might take half of that and leave. Just sell half, and then the other half put a $23 stop. Problem is, it could be very volatile. I mean, it went from, what, like $9 to $14 in one day, two days. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's great, but, man, that is a huge move. I'm worried that it might do the same thing on the way down, Abish. That's why I'm worried about Yeah, I'm worried about that. That's why I wanted to get an expert uh, view from you. But it has, it's justified because the earnings are pretty strong and the sales growth is pretty strong. So I don't know enough about the company, but, you know, I, I just don't want you to lose your all your profits. So I might take half right now and, and not worry about too much and have that stop in there. Maybe it's going to double again. Yeah, you never know. I don't know. But it's pretty speculative. Okay. Abish, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, everybody. The trade war, right? Everybody's worried about the trade war. Just ad nauseum that, oh, we're going to have a terrible party. We're ruining our partnerships. And I got tired of hearing it about you, really, on the truth. Because I think, I, I think that, that it wasn't going to happen. And I said on this radio show that I don't think it's a problem. We are in the driver's seat. We are the customer. We need to negotiate harder, and we were. And now we have a tentative agreement came out to say this afternoon. The market took off when and, and when the news came out between the EU and the U.S. A tentative agreement. EU uh, is going to start buying our soybeans. The EU to look at buying, uh, look, looking to buy LNG, liquid natural gas, from us as opposed to being reliant on Russia which to me is, you know, Germany is being reliant on Russia, which is stupid. And zero tariffs on everything else except autos. No new tariffs. Getting rid of the steel and aluminum tariffs with the EU, one of our biggest partners and trade partners. And I don't know what they're going to do on the autos. We don't know. But the point is, I think this demonstrates to everybody, quit freaking out. Trump will negotiate a trade deal if he can get them to negotiate. And he's getting them to the trading the table to negotiate. It'll be good for the U.S. Why is everybody so opposed to this? It, or a bunch of wimps. That's what I think. 
our politicians are wimpy about this. Why can't we be tough like other countries are tough? It makes no sense to me. It makes it. It's like, oh, we gotta be nice to everybody. Well, okay, they'll be nice to us. We'll be nice to them. That's fine. But it's ridiculous. Why do we have with the EU? Why do they have? They charge 10% of our imported cars, and we charge them two or three percent of the imported cars from them to us. Why is that? It makes no sense. That's it for the Fast Movement Wednesday, everybody. We're already done. If you want to replay all or part of today's program, you can head over to investtalk.com. The show will be posted on a podcast player within the hour. I want to thank you for listening, and please come back tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights.